now, it's Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard, Certified Accountant, Stockbroker and Financial Planner. And today, Stephen Pritchard, we do have special guest, Simon Reardon, and um, he's going to have a chat and update the bond market. That's right? Yes, that's right, Jane. Excellent. We'll also have a chat to Henry Jennings, find out what the market is doing, speaking about updates, and take a look at currencies and commodities. Oh, there's no real changes from last week, I don't think. Oh, no, no nasty change. shocks, no sweet surprises? Ah, not generally. Not generally, yeah. no, there's no sweet surprises, I don't think. Oh, well, fingers crossed. Ever hopeful. Yeah, well, we're not hopeful for nasty shocks. We aren't. You're right. Okay. So, what are we up to date um, with? The price of gold was up uh, $49.82 an ounce to $1,695 Australian. Um, and the copper price was up $110 a tonne to 8748 And the crude oil price was up $7.70 a barrel to $121.01 Australian. Mm-hmm. So, so the oil price that's continues going up to and trend up. up. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it's a combination between um, the, the actual price going up and, and the Australian dollar continuing its downward drift. So It's still doing that, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's back below 72 mm-hmm. cents. It's uh, 71.07 this morning, which was which is down uh, almost a cent on the week. Mm. Um, those overseas trips have just got another dollar. A little more tricky or more expensive. Um, And against Great British Pound, we were down 0.4 or to 54.89 pence. And against the Euro, we were also down um, to 61.87 Euro cents. Mm -hmm. So no joy for overseas travellers, but a bit of joy for exporters probably. Um, Against the All Norwegian Index was up was sorry, was down 34.1 points on the week to 6,265. The S&P index was up 11.5 to 2,925. The uh, UK index was um, 7,510, which is down 35.2. So you know, not a lot of joy around the equity markets either during the during the week. So don't sell. Depends whether you need the money. Well, of course it does. (laughs) There's always ups and downs. I mean, BHP was up um, 60 cents on the week to $35.08 this morning. And, and, um, of course, that was the ups. The downs was um, CBA broke the $70 mark and it's down down to 69.61, which is down 47 cents on the week. Uh, NIB was down 20 cents on the week to $5.63. And and Telstra was up 2 cents to $3.21. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, the petrol price went up, being the long weekend and the school holidays this week. So the petrol price was up six point four cents mm. a litre to one hundred and one dollar fifty five point nine. And you're shaking your head so obviously. No, I'm not shaking. Well, I thought no. I was nodding. Nodding, shaking, <laughs> shaking. I'm wondering whether it's uh, just dropping, a li- easing a little bit price wise at this stage in oh, the middle yeah. of the holidays. Uh, just a this question. Is, mark. This was this morning. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and Sydney was up 9.6 to $1.61 a litre. And the diesel prices, uh, Newcastle was up $1.4 cents to $1.58.4. And Sydney was up $1.1 to $1.57. We're all refreshed after our breaks, Henry? Uh, Yes, we are. Yes, I I must admit I didn't get one, but... um... I thought you had Friday. 
No, we the market, the money never sleeps, uh, Stephen. You know that. So we, 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 we work. I work both days. Oh, okay, okay. Friday and Monday. I thought you would have been public holiday no. on Friday and down to see the the, the, no. the football. No, 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 not me. Watch it on telly, though. Okay, okay, well, that's fair enough. Um, so, so Rio is going to. Uh, and its joint venture partners are going to spend two point one four billion extending the life of the Rabe River Iron Ore Mine. So it's yeah. a lot of money. Well, it is a lot of money, but it's a pretty big business they've got there. It's, it's you know it's a massive part of their uh, profits. So um, you know Rio does talk in big numbers. They sold uh, their share of the Grasberg mine in Indonesia last week uh, or last weekend for three point five billion. So it kind of puts it in perspective, but. Um, this is not so much. Um, well, this is really to keep it going. To keep it. Uh, this is the investment the mining companies have to do to keep their uh, operations going. So, um, you know, Rio very much doing that. It's it's just to a continuation of things, but um, it's not so much a new area or a new uh, project coming on stream, but just uh, keeping the old ones um, at full capacity. Do you think this is a sign that they, that the that, that the mine, mine uh, iron ore consumers are, are wanting more and more of this high quality ore like Rabe River producers? Yes, um, in, in a nutshell. Um, certainly, you know, the, the Chinese who are the big buyer of all this stuff, um, they're on a big drive to, um, to clean up the environment and they have been pushing um, in coal and iron ore as well to the high quality stuff that doesn't have the sulfur content, doesn't have the impurities that some of the other producers have got in this, uh, in this bulk commodity space. So, you know, our coal companies have been doing extraordinarily well, um, extraordinarily well, and, and, you know, coal prices are at massive highs. Um, and iron ore companies have been doing pretty well as well in the current environment, with the exception of um, a Fortescue, which unfortunately doesn't have the same grade of product that uh, the others have and has been somewhat under the cosh, uh, whereas BHP and Rio have been doing quite well out of this. Mm. And speaking of coal mining, apparently up in Queensland they're scrambling to scrambling to hire more staff to work in the mines because of the the high coal price. Scrambling, well, scrambling. I guess you know, yeah, it's uh, it's good to see a little bit of price pressure and a bit of uh, um, demand coming back in because the I guess the miners for some time have been um, sweating their assets as they say and not reinvesting the money back in, but actually giving it back to shareholders. Um, and you know, I guess you know, the demand is still pretty strong, and they've got to respond to that. So it's um, good to see them hiring more people to uh, to get that coal out of the ground and to the port and to its end consumer. And and Freedom Foods, which has been a very good performing stock over the last few years, mm. um, expects to sell even more dairy and cereal and and other of their their health type products in China. Yeah, um, they're expanding into new Chinese cities and. The, they're hoping to get this product stocked in, in more than a thousand stores uh, by the end of the year. That's up from around 337. So um, that's pretty good. Uh, I guess the um, the issue with China has been this sort of um, thawing of the relations between Australia and uh, and China recently. Uh, and some of our former high flyers like A2 Milk um, have come under a little bit of pressure. And also we've seen uh, stocks like Bellamy's bouncing around as well. And and Blackmore's too, but it's, you know, Freedom um, has been doing pretty well and it looks like it's going to set to continue. It's, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a strange one, I guess, and it's probably not as well known as some of the other brands, but you go into your local supermarket, there's plenty of Freedom products on the shelves, um, so I know that's something that I buy. Yeah, uh, there's a lot more than there used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's, 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 
it's a, it's a good story, and they've obviously got a good partner in China, um, and they're certainly expanding there and that growing middle class. I think they're set to be sort of 900 million by the year 2030. So it all plays into that theme, and it, it's done pretty well. And they can buy Freedom's gluten-free muesli. Yes, yes. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, Shopping Centres of Australia are proposing mm. to buy, uh, uh, I think it's 10 or so, poorly performing centres from vicinity. For it is. It's 10, uh, 10 malls. Yes. Um, they're paying 573 million bucks for this. Um, this bunch of shopping centres. It's a 5% discount to the uh, the book price that um, the vicinity centres had for the for the businesses, and it will make um, oh, I guess it will make SCA um, one well, probably the biggest uh, convenience-based shopping centre anyway. So um, retail specialist, 3.1 billion dollars worth of assets uh, under management. So um, the, the market kind of is a yeah, there's, a, there's a bit of shuffling going on in these um, stocks at the moment because people are looking at their non-core assets and underperforming assets and trying to uh, rationalise their portfolios. The demand um, isn't uh, isn't all that strong, as can be seen from the fact they had to um, take a 5% sort of haircut on the book value. But, and there's, there's lots of talk in the papers about consumer spending, um, retail habits, and you know renegotiation of rents, the future of Maya... So um, it's um, it's an interesting space at the moment, but uh, looks like uh, the market has kind of taken it in its stride to some extent. With uh, with SCA, it's only down one uh, percent on the back of that. Um, them coming back online trading today. Yeah, it'd be interesting if if, if SCA manages to turn these centres around, and vicinity can't. Well, you know. Yeah, I mean, vicinity is a pretty good operator. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure. You know. There's, not sure there's much special sauce in uh, in this, and um, you know, retailers generally are, um, are struggling, I guess. Some are, some aren't, but yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. And speaking of retailers, one that's struggling and one isn't, as uh, Premier Investments is the one that isn't generally <laughs> struggling. Thanks no, to well, they've thanks got the, uh, the, the money machine that is uh, Smiggle. Um, and the pyjama factory, uh, Peter Alexander as well, which has been doing very well. They're obviously they're trying to smiggleize the world, um, but at the same time they're having this this very public stoush with uh, with Maya, which of course is in its kind of death throes at the moment. Um, and um, Premier Investments has a stake in Maya, which they bought at I think about twice its current share price. Maya is languishing at 52 cents. Um, and they've asked Maya for the shareholders register, basically, so that they can write to people before the AGM and agitate for this uh, this board change, which Solly Lou, who is the, the main driving force, obviously, behind Premier Investments, uh, wants to affect. So, um, yeah, once again, we, we're seeing this rhetoric and this aggressive uh, battle between the two uh, ramp up in the, in the papers and also... Um, writing to shareholders, so it's going to be. I'd say it'd be a fun AGM to go and see. Um, I wouldn't like to be a my shareholder, but they have had a, a bit of a reprieve from the banks for a couple of years. But still, the, the underlying problems are, are there. And if they don't have a good Christmas, then uh, I think Premier are, are going to be um, pretty upset, and it's, we could go to a new level. Yes, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how how if Premier pushes for directors, how they how they go this time. Yeah, well, I mean, Maya's got a new man at the helm. Um, you know, they, they backed the, uh, the last guy, Richard Umbers, who, um, you know, was going to be a fantastic change mm-hmm. agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Didn't happen. No. Um, they, they've got a new guy, I think he's uh, from the UK. Um, he was uh, involved, I think, in House of Fraser yep, from memory, right. yep. which, well, House of Fraser, 
left and turned it around has now gone back to back to uh, back to square one. So, yeah, it's it's a hard game at department stores in this day and age, especially as they don't really seem to have embraced the whole online thing. Mm. And one of the other things is the Hain Royal Commission report was out during the oh. week. Yes. Do you know what's really weird, Stephen? And this, this is really weird. Um, I was on the ABC breakfast this morning speaking about Freedom Insurance, which is this insurance company that got absolutely killed yeah. and deservedly so in the Royal Commission for flogging um, life insurance and funeral policies to people that had no business buying them at exorbitant prices and just basically ripping customers off. The uh, the market cap has gone from 100 million to uh, 23 million. Mm-hmm. And so I did this this morning for the ABC and five minutes ago this phone rang that you phoned me on and it was a guy from an insurance company asking if I'd thought about funeral or life insurance. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. Did you say you were still alive? I said, well, I said, no, I'm really not in the market for that. But I tried to be nice, but, um, you know, certainly these uh, hard-sell, cold-calling yeah. call centres have been dragged through the mud, as they rightly should have been, um, and it is going to change an awful lot of business models. And it was interesting to see the AMP justify charging dead people um, yesterday in response mm. to the Royal Commission. Mm. Um, for the AMP, they see dead people and they charge them. So it's um, yeah, it's it's it's. There's a lot more to come in this royal commission. That is for for sure. Um, and it's you know it's hopefully it will change and weed out all the bad practices and the greed that has crept in and the hard sales and the bonuses and the KPIs and all the other rubbish that um, has grown up in this this culture, which is just wrong. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, this is the only interim report. The, the final report's due out in a few months, except if it gets extended. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously there's a lot of people that would like to see it extended. I think, realistically, um, you know, a lot of the major issues have been highlighted already, and it would just be a kind of a venting exercise. Um, I think the Royal Commission has done a fantastic job. Um, Kenneth Hayne and his team has just been, I think, outstanding in uncovering uh, the practices that have, have have led to this um, and of course the, the recommendations will come at the end but you know, I think what, what is the upshot is that the regulations are there, they're pretty tough but no one's actually been um, enforcing them so you know, there's, there's no point in um, pointing your speed gun at, at speeding motorists if you're not going to find them mm. um, it's, it's not much of a deterrent if once you find out that there's nothing in the speed camera um, there's no point in um, slowing down so um, hopefully we will see some criminal charges and that will send a bit of a shockwave through the uh, through the financial services industry and hopefully we will see um, some uh, some change mm. uh, in the coming months. But, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it has been a revelation, I have to say. And NAB's response is that they're going to not close their rural branches in a bid to rebuild trust. Yeah. Well, they've got they've got the trust merchant in in, in the waiting in the wings, haven't they? They've got uh, Mike yeah, Baird, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, uh, who did such an outstanding job for uh, for New South Wales, um, <laughs> um, waiting in the wings. And he's he's a very charming um, uh, gentleman, and uh, I'm sure he will be on the charm offensive. But uh, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to take a lot more rehab than just saying we're not going to close rural branches. They actually closed the branch in. Uh, in the, the suburb that I live in um, a few weeks ago, so we're obviously not rural, but um, still they closed it. Yeah. A bit of a pain. 
that is a pain. I mean, there's still a lot of business done in the branches. Well, there is. There is. You know, it's part of the community and all that sort of yeah, stuff. It's, a, it's, it's the same as when ASIC closed the branch, their branch in Newcastle. They said it wasn't used. But it, there was more business done through that than the one in Canberra. But yeah. Canberra stayed there. Yeah. yeah. Funny old world, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we like to talk to a person too, don't we? Well, especially you know, especially if you're a certain vintage like myself, it's nice to be able to wander in and, and, and talk to real people as opposed to doing it all online. I mean, I've got so many passwords and codes and things, it's just that it's a nightmare to remember them all. And you're forever doing resets and sending my details again and all this sort of junk. So, well, I, I, I don't know whether it's just of our, of our vintage. I mean, we, we changed um, the internet providers at home to a smaller provider, mm. and um, my son was surprised when they actually answered the phone and spoke English almost straight away. Really? <laughs> yes. So wow. he was very happy that we changed to a smaller provider that you could ring up, and they, they attended to your call almost straight away. Yeah. Well, I, I, I put in a call to my internet service provider about two weeks ago, and I'm still waiting. Yeah. Yeah, Still yeah. waiting for a reply. Yeah. They said they phoned back. Yeah, well, they, yeah, well, they just didn't hear when. No. <laughs> no, they're going to record it for quality assurance purposes, <laughs> though, when they do phone back. OK. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll phone back next weekend. <laughs> thanks, Stephen. Simon, how are you today? Good, thanks, Stephen. How are you? Good. So we're going to talk about interest rates first up and the ARBA's cash rate and... Um, They've kind of left it on hold with some warnings about clouds on the horizons or something? Yep. Yeah, That's so right. what, what's what's the expectations there? Yeah, so it's been interesting. Um, I mean, it's on hold again, so we've been on hold for quite some time now. Um, I think when we spoke a couple of months ago, we were saying we think rates are going to be on hold for quite a long time to come, and that, and that still seems to be the case. Um, I was just looking at the ASX website just before I came on and the latest forecast in the institutional market is showing that there's a 50% chance of one rate rise by March 2020. So institutional markets are really not forecasting very much to happen for the next couple of years. So not a, not a whole lot going on there at the moment. So that's, guess, that's, another, that's another 18 months away. It is. It's a, it's a fair way away, isn't it? And that's only a 50% chance of, of one rate hike. So, yeah, there's a whole lot of talk at the moment just because, obviously, the US is raising rates um, reasonably quickly, but that's been pretty well telegraphed. Um, I think their 10-year their ten year interest rates in the US are, are up about almost 1% over the last 12 months, whereas our long-term interest rates are actually down about 0.1% of a percent in that time frame. So it's a quite, quite a considerable difference. Um, but yeah, over the long term, you'd expect those to kind of converge. And the Australian government's been raising some money on the 30-year bonds, haven't they? In the they late, have, yeah. The so they've a couple, couple of tranches of 30-year bonds, so they haven't done that for quite a long time, since the 80s, I think it was. Um, yeah, they raised the 30-year bonds um, at 3.24%, so it's good, good for them, good, good to go out and spend some money and build some bridges and roads. Yes. And then um, there's been, you've done a, uh, the bond company's done a survey or a poll on financial advisors and retail clients on what their interest rate expectations are? Yeah, we have. Uh, so we did a survey recently out to all of our advisors. So we speak to a lot of financial advisors in Australia, but also quite a number of direct investors. 
Um, and it was interesting to see the difference, actually. So we're just saying, when do you think the neck or sorry, the first rate rise will come through in Australia? And 50% of advisors said 2020, and then all the other years were, were very small amount, basically spread evenly. Um, but retail investors, so direct investors, thought or 45% of them thought 2019 next year, and then 40% of them 2020. So interesting to see that retail investors seeing rates rising sooner. And I think the reason for that is that when, uh, when I guess most retail investors, mums and dads, think about interest rate rises, they're really thinking about um, what they're paying on their home loan. Yeah. Um, and seen banks rising rates or raising rates in the last mm-hmm. few weeks. So uh, it goes back to the, the US um, interest rate rises. But, yeah, banks raising rates, which is something we talked about last time we spoke, is that as global rates rise, then banks may start to raise rates out of cycle, which they have done. And you know, I guess you wouldn't be surprised to see that happen again, particularly if the US long-term interest rates do keep rising as they are. So on, on the corporate bonds that are listed on the ASX that retail investors can access, um, so yep. what are, what are, what's the type of current yields there on those at the moment? Yeah, high, highest yielding one at the moment we have on offer is 3.9%. Right. Um, which is which is pretty good. So I think 4% seems to be kind of the magical mark that everyone's looking at. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're getting up there. Um, that's for a vicinity bond, which is a which is a big shopping centre company listed on the stock exchange. Okay, so what's the term on that on, on that one? That's um, it was in two thousand twenty seven. So it's about eight years. Right. So you, you basically you, you get prepared to accept a return of four percent or about four percent for the next eight years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you're really looking that in. You can you can buy and sell them any time. Yep. Um, throughout that period, but generally you really want to be holding it through to the maturity date. Okay, so is any other is there a, is is vicinity the highest? Is there any others around the around that? Yeah, there? there's a couple. There's Telstra, there's Dexas, um, ATA Group, which are all around about that sort of level, um, with similar similar sort of time frames. Right, for a similar time, eight years. And what about if we come back to the two to three years? What sort of yields can we look at for that? Uh, and in the, in the shorter term stuff, you can be getting some good floating rate bonds. So uh, bonds are a bit like you know, home loans where you have fixed and floating. Um, if you have a fixed, obviously, then the rate is fixed all the way through to maturity. But if you have a floating, it just moves up and down with whatever the market interest rates are doing. Yep. So you can get a floating rate bond, which is issued by a bank, um, and the current yields on those are about sort of 25 to 3%. So... Um, they're not too bad. It's very similar to what you'd be getting in a term deposit, but you can just buy and sell it as you wish, so you don't have to lock your money up for any particular period. Yeah, the advantage of bonds listed on the stock exchange is that you can, you know, if you want your money back, you can just um, sell them at the market price and get your money back in three days. Exactly. Unlike yep. a term deposit, I think you're waiting for a minimum of 31 days now. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so is anything else happening there? Um, that's probably it for us. We'll, I mean, we're continuing to issue new bonds and we'll closely monitor the interest rate. So uh, when we speak to you next time, I, I would say there's probably not going to be much change here in Australia, but it'll be interesting to see what happens globally with rates. Okay. 
Okay, thanks, Simon. Thanks very much, Simon Reardon from this Raelian Bond Company, and uh, we'll speak to you again later. Uh, do you think Stephen Pritchard on Thursday Finance, where the time is now seven to one, do you think that um, uh, we're actually going to notice any differences with Brexit? And the fun and games that are happening oh, there. I, I don't think we'll notice any difference in, in Australia. I, I think it's actually going to be positive for Australia, because you know a lot of our export markets disappeared when. It certainly did when Britain went into the common market. Common market, as and it now, was then, and now mm. it's coming back out. And there is talk that they're going to give Commonwealth countries preference. Um, yes. But, you know, I, I, yeah. and, and really, there's nothing much you can do anyhow, and it'll all just wash through. So it seems to me that the the Br British trying to get a deal from the European market and uh, that basically is like having some of what they had by being a member in the common, in the European market. Would that be fair to say? I don't know what they're trying to get actually. Yeah, Do you yeah. Know? Well, I think they're trying to get some of the good deals they had beforehand. I mean, that's what a deal is. But they were tipping a huge amount of money in to support. The, the, the yes, market. and they were probably also getting a huge money yeah. amount of money out as well. So and I say, think they that's won't a bit have to hard. tip that any, anymore. They won't, and so maybe they don't need a deal at all. Is that what you're saying? Well, time will tell. Time, time will, will tell, tell, no doubt. Uh, and the other good news that's happened during the week is that uh, the rail line in Newcastle construction is finished. Oh, is it? Yeah. Isn't that good? So when's the tram going to be out? Well, supposedly early next year, but they're doing some trials um, in the meantime. So uh, businesses can hopefully get back to normal. So what are, if it's constructed, what are, what, what are they trialling? Well, they're seeing how the, whatever they are, the, the rails, the, the carriages run so, on the rails. So cars can go all the way up Hunter Street again, can they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not allowed to drive on the rails, I believe. Oh, well, they're kind of built up. It'll be a bit difficult, actually. You, you, they're not very built up, are no, they? No, but you'd kind of notice. You wouldn't you accidentally. You notice. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't accidentally do yeah. it. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so business might be a bit more as usual as opposed to Sydney where Well, there's a, there's a parliamentary finished. inquiry on that. There is indeed right happening there. at the moment. Uh, class action. Yes. Well, catch this program, Thursday yes. Finance. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>